Okay, so, Korach, I went back to my notes. I do this every time before I finish here. I look what I did in previous years. We have never discussed Parshas Korach. In, I don't know, four years, five years? Um, we did, one year on Parshas Korach, we did something else. But we never discussed Parshas Korach, so it was wide open. So I thought we would start from the beginning. And really just try to understand, what is this really all about? Because I think we sometimes get um, sidetracked by our assumptions about what Korach and his merry men were really after. Um, and I think it's important to do what we do best, which is look at the Psukim and try to uncover uh, what, did, what was Korach really about here? What were his chavru who joined him really about here? And why does this come about? And what's the takeaway? So let's, uh, let's just start from the beginning. By Korach, Ben Yitzhar, Ben Kahas, Ben Levi, Vidasan Va'aviram, B'nei Aliyah, Va'om Ben Pela, B'nei Ruvain. I'll start right away. What do you notice about how Korach is introduced? Full lineage. Full lineage. Full lineage. <laughs> Rashi points out that it doesn't say Ben Yaakov. Right. Because Yaakov, like, we like, Yaakov didn't want to have, and Yaakov actually, he doesn't want to be part of this, you know? Um, but it is noticeable, and we're going to see more, that it's his, all of his, right? Korach, Ben Yitzar, Ben Kahas, Ben Levi, all the way back up. Could it be Korach, Ben Yitzar? Right? That would have been normal for the Torah, right? You know, you tell whose parents are, or don't tell, don't tell us at all. Yoshim ben Nun. Okay, good. So we'd find out who your father is. But you don't always know your grandfather, your great grandfather, right? Ben Yitzhar, Ben Kahas, Ben Levi. It's interesting. Dasan Vavirav, Ben Eliav, and Om Ben Pela, Ben Ruven. So also, Dasan Vaviram are the sons of Eliav. Om Ben Pela, are they the sons of Ruven? They could be. Or really, what does it mean, Ben Ruven? From Shevet Ruvain, right? So they're probably really from Shevet Ruvain, right? So we have to figure out how all these people get together, right? So they get up and go to Moshe, and by the way, another 250 merry men join Korach, Dasan Vaviram, and Om Ben Pelet. So they all get together. And these are, these are not... Um, like like low level chevra. These are anshe shame. These are people men of renown. They are men of assembly. I mean, these are people. I don't know if they call them elected officials, but they are. These are serious people. These are the people who are you know known uh, leadership type of people, and they also that obviously makes more of an impact when they right get together. Okay, so what do they say? This is the only thing they say at first. Rav Lachem, you've taken too much, maybe? Because the entire nation are Kadosh, they're all holy. And Hashem is amongst us, as we know, Hashem. By now, God lives in the Mishkan. Right, in the seventh sense, amongst all of us, you know, Hashem told us He wants to hang out with all of us, right? So we know that. So, why do you think that you can be greater than anybody else? So, at this stage, before we say anything else, what, what, what are they after? What would you say they're after? What's, like, what's going on here at this point? I mean, the like just, like just, just reading the Pesachim. Forget maybe what you learned before about what Korach is after. What does it look like they're after? What does it look like their, their concerns are? We don't know everything, right? But if you just read the way they're introduced and what, they're upset, and what they say they're upset about, 
what would you say? We're going to see in a second, with Dustin and Avirim, say more to Moshe later. But at this point, what would you say? It seems like they're equating themselves with him and saying, why does he take on all the responsibility and all the, the leadership roles? So, the, so they're, right. they're talking to Moshe, right? So they come directly to Moshe. Is Aaron, they, I guess that we have two different stories here, right? Right, so there's some there's some set here with Moshe and Aaron that they've taken on too much responsibility. Okay, good. So what did what do they want then? Seems like they would like some of it to be on them. Sure. Like they want to have some of the leadership roles. Also. Right. So who's going to get that leadership? Who do they want to have that leadership? Do they want Korach or Korach the one that gathered all them together? It's a good question, right? Like what what? So one possibility is they're all here to elect Korach as one of those two jobs, or, or, okay? Or because there's two family strains plus just rebel-rousing types coming okay. along. Maybe Meaning because there's Levi and there's Ruvain and there's Merry Men, right? So maybe Ruvain's Merry people. Hey, Moshe, why did you get... They have to be men, so we can call them out when it's negative, yeah. right? We can say. So maybe Ruvain's <laughs> saying, hey, Moshe, why are you the boss of all of us? And right. hey, Aaron, why do you get the kahuna and not... Other Benayu. Somebody else. Right. Because so, they're brothers. It seems like they're, they're, yeah. I mean, they have re- represented both Levi and, say, the Bechor. Ah. So maybe potentially you have the, well, hey, wait a second. Don't we have any rights here? Okay. So you have, who's representing the Bechor? Well, um. It's interesting uh, you said yeah, Bechor. Yeah, Why the Bechor? Um, right, right. Own Ben Pelas, Benay Ruvain, them. Because Ruvain, because Ruvain Chavra might feel bad because. Right. Isn't that the way that used to work? Right. The root, the, the Bechor issue. We're going right. to get back to the Bechor issue as we move along here. Right. Um, this is a weird question. They were, yeah. they, the tribes married in with each other all the time? It's a good question. I thought they were sort of like separated on their own land. At the beginning, they're supposed to stay separate, they, but then, they can, then they're allowed to then they're allowed I just realized to reading his lineage, like he comes from Shevet Ruvain. Om Ben Pelet does. Right. But then it says he's the son of Koach, the son of Levi. So Korach is from Levi. Dasan Vaviram are the sons of Eliav and Omen Pela B'nei Ruvain. But I think Dasan Vaviram and On, I believe, all come from the tribe of Ruvain. Okay. All come from Ruvain. So Korach is from, is, that's what's interesting, right? You have to, right. Korach comes from Levi. You want to say Levi, like, and we're going to see, Rashi's going to talk about this. Like, what made Korach so upset? What, what was really going on here? And we're going to see actually a machlokas about the timeline here also. When is this taking place? Right, but there seems to be some frustration with who's the leadership. But again, if you're 253 people, you're not all going to be, let's say, the Kohen Gadol. Or all going to be, I, part of, for them probably to argue that they want to be Moshe Rabbeinu. That's going to be harder. God hasn't right, chosen them to be the greatest Navi in the history of, of the world. But who knows? Right? But they, they have some interest in some leadership position. But, but all of them, all 253 of them, it's also like a little confusing. Like, how's that gonna, how is that going to work? But okay, fine. Um, if you go even further, later, Moshe reaches out to Dustin and Vaviram. And he says to them, hello. And he says to them, you know what, guys? Let's not, let's not do this. You know, let's, let's solve this. This is just before. Because Moshe tells them, basically, no problem. You all want to be the Kohen Gadol? We'll make a showdown with Aaron and the 250 individuals. You're all going to get a fire pan. You'll all bring the Ketelrest, the, the incense which only the Kohen Gadol brings, and let's find out what's going to happen to you if you're the wrong person, right? That, fine. But before that happens, Moshe tries again. He tries to reach out kindly to Dustin and Vaviram, and they respond with ferocity. 
Moshe Rabbeinu calls to you and says, come, let's have a conversation. And they say, we're not going. We're not going. I mean, we're not coming, presumably, we're not coming to talk to you. Hama'at ki yasunu me'eretz zavas chalav udvash la'amiseinu Number one, you took us out of a land flowing with milk and honey to make us die in the desert. What, what land are they talking about? Egypt. Egypt. What do they call it? Yeah, the land flowing with milk. Disgusting, right? <laughs> right? They refer like they're smart. They're not. These are not dummies, right? They're smart guys. That's a real right. Stuck your bonus right? You took us out of a land flowing with milk and honey to make us die in the desert. Okay. If you, if I were to ask you, when do you think chronologically this story happens? If you just read that, right? Okay, you could say right. Could say after they left Egypt. Stam. Well, also, well, well, when they're wandering land. the desert. Yeah. So you could say after the Chedem Aragon, which is last week's Parsha. Right, especially right. since right. they're like, no, it is a land. They're, they're saying you took us out of land of milk and honey right. to die in the desert. What do you mean die in the desert? You just told us we're all going right. to die. Right, right. so that, again, so that, that also takes us something here. If you want to talk about when this, it's when this happens. But this seems a, a very good hint that maybe this is happening right now. It, would, it adds to the, the cynicism and the sarcasm right. and the nastiness. And the potential support of 250 people. Because now there's like, okay, now he's saying now we're what? not going there. Right. Let's, let's go do something else. Good, 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 good. So, it is, and so bad enough that you took us out of land flowing milk and honey to die in the desert. And now you're also going to like rule over us this whole time. And you didn't take us to a land flowing milk and honey like you promised. And nor did you give us any land or any fields. If you would take out our eyeballs, we would not come to talk to you. I guess they don't want to talk. Right? That's a really... And again, remember who they're talking to. They're talking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay? They're not interested in coming. Fine. Um, if I was to talk to you on these three psukim, what would you say the complaint is? Your leadership's terrible. You've led us into nothingness. So who's that an attack on? Uh, seems like Moshe, no? Sounds like Moshe, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't sound like an attack on Aaron. That sounds like an attack on Moshe Rabbeinu, right? And is it that they want to be Moshe Rabbeinu? No, oh, they just want new leadership. Yeah, maybe they just want new leadership, right? That, that, it sounds like that, at least from this part of the conversation. And by the way, these are only times that any of the antagonists speak, right? The bad guys. They, talk, they, they speak... They speak, I don't know if I got that right or wrong, but the bad guys. The, is that right? Am I right? Okay. Protagonists are the good guys, right? Okay. I remember they're like flashcards from eighth grade. Um, but um, so we have conversation here, conversation here. These are the two times that we hear the foes of Moshe and Aaron speak out, right? So it sounds like, well, what would you say it sounds like? What's like, what's really going on here? What is it? It just sounds like they're angry. Just sounds angry. Right. Just generally angry because they're going to die in the desert and we don't even want to talk to you. Yeah. Like we're, just not, we're just not interested in you anymore. Like, just go away from us. That's what it sounds like, right? Interesting. Okay. Um, good. So let's see how some of the Rishonim take apart this, these conversations and how they view what's really going on in this door. Um, source number two is Rashi. Rashi says, Dasan Vaviram. Why was it Dasan Vaviram? How did they get roped in with Korach? There was a group, right? 
there was a, there was a, a group where they lived. And, and Ruvain lived right next, there was right, four camps around the, the Mishkan. The Levim were in the middle, right? And then you had, each camp had, you know, three, three Shvatim. So it was an inner Shevet, outer Shevet, outer. So, so Ruvain was close in to Korach's family's area within Levi. So says Rashi, Shekain Lekahas Ubanov, they were near Kahas, right? Who was their their uh, their neighbor? So that's why they joined up with him and says Rashi Russia It's a good lesson for children. It's a good lesson for adults. They hang out with the wrong crowd. They're gonna fall in a pit. So they're saying they were living next to Korach, so they got the struggle from listening to Korach. Yeah, they like got caught up in the in the hawk. Right, Korach is a rabble rouser. He's not a he's not a nobody, Korach, and he's probably very eloquent and he's probably very smart. Um, and he he's not a nobody. He's not a, you know he's not a you know if he was a, if he was an Isvar, if no one listened to him. Uh, but he was, uh, he presumably had, you know, had. It was a, last time, like Balochad, and the men were standing at the entrance of the tent, and they were. Complaining and, and getting everybody to get be upset about right. the right. food and the mind and the. You always have that chaver, but the chaver usually gets people upset. They're not, they're not, not if they're not smart at all. They're not talking about no one's going to listen to them. Right? So presumably he's got some, you know, some charisma here. Uh, and why did Moshe? Why did Korach decide to fight with Moshe? It says Rashi. It's based on the Medrash. Nitkana on the siusel shall elitzafan ben uziel. He was upset about elitzafan. Ali Tzafan, the son of Uziel, got a job. Shiminuhu Moshe Nasi Abne Kahas. Al Piyadibor. Basically, Hashem said, I'll tell you he's going to be in charge of Kahas. Ali Tzafan. Okay, why, why did that bother Korach? Amar Korach. Korach said, Achi Abba Arbaohayu. My, my father's brother, my, 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 bro, my father's family had four brothers, right? Amram Habachor, Nadushneim Benev Banav Gudula. So Amram, he got. Two pretty good ones, Moshe and Aaron. That was pretty good for him, right? Good naches. Echad melech ve'echad kohen gadol. Me royally told us Ashnia, who should be second? Lo'ani shani ben Yitzar. Right? Yitzar was the second brother to, to Amram. V'hu man nasi es ben achivakatan mikulam. So instead he chose Uziel, the son of Uziel, who was the fourth brother, and he made him the next person up. Ha'reni cholik alav u'mevatel dvarav. So he's upset because he's passed over, basically. He so feels he's like... He was what? Like furribled. Is that a word? Is that a word? A Yiddish word. Oh, yeah? He's, like, he's a... How do you say furribled? Yeah, like, yeah, he's like, uh, annoyed, like frazzled that, yeah. and annoyed and just feels upset. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was the thing you get at friendlies. Fribble? No, fribble. I thought I don't know. I thought, um, but it, it's it sounds right. So it must be It must be real Yiddish. It's what you said. It must be real Yiddish. So ma'a. So what did he do? Amad vakinais masayim chamishim roshes sanhedrin. So first of all, he's upset about himself, right? So what he's doing is two hundred and fifty chevra head people, heads of the sanhedrin. Ruban yeshevet Ruven shchenav. Most of them are from Ruven. His. Uh, his his uh, neighbors. was one of the was the nasi of Ruvain. So he gets the nasi of Ruvain to come along with him. And what did they do? And they put on tal- talisim that are all blue, all blue talis. 
Okay? Bova Amrim say Moshe, they go in front of Moshe. Amrulo, and they said to him, Talis Shakulo shall tchelis. Chayavim betzitzis o petura. But my talis, again, the halach is we don't have tchelis today, or some say they do, but some don't. But you have to have one, you know, one strand of tchelis in your tzitzis. So they said, what if I have an entire beged, an entire clothing, it's all blue, all tchelis? Do I need the one strand? Right, what does Moshe say? Amrulahem chayavis. You have to. That's the halacha. They start to laugh at him. That's ridiculous. It's, it's unreasonable. It's irrational. Right? If I need one string to, to, to take care of a whole baggage, you have a whole baggage made of, made of blue. I still need the string. That's ridiculous. It's irrational. It makes no sense. And they started to laugh at him. Then he, according to the manager, she asked another question also. He says, what if you have a, a room that's full of Sifre Torah? Does it need a mezuzah? You say, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, this guy is ridiculous. It makes no sense, right? Uh, uh, Salvechik has a beautiful essay where he talks about, he says, uh, and every, he goes, and, and we are quick to talk to, well, maybe not today anymore. I don't know. He would have said this like two years ago. It would make a lot more sense. But we rely on the experts usually, right? Now, no one trusts anybody. But it used to be. <laughs> it used to be. <coughs> expert in medicine, an expert in law, and it's still true today, right? If you have a, a, a whatever, something to a document, you take it to a lawyer, right? If you have a medical question, you ask the doctor. If you have a right, we all believe that. And, and the Rav said, for some reason, when it comes to halacha, everyone's like, no, 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 I'll figure it out myself. Like that makes no sense, right? To write articles and things, why, why the halacha is ridiculous? It makes no sense. It's it's right here, right? Yeah, it's the irra- it's irrational. Of course, it's irrational. It's, who said it's rational? No one said. Who said there's going, to, there's going to be reason to make every halacha make sense? It doesn't always make sense. That's the whole point sometimes, right? And th- that, that's one point here. But the point is that, but, but the, the point of this medrash is what, is it, what does it show you? What, what is Korach after? What is he after? If that's how he goes, if that's Moshe's his approach, no. okay, you could say Moshe's job. Because he's trying to make Moshe look like, ridiculous and belittling him so right. that they get over it. Like, you don't, like, he's ridiculous. Like, right. Is he after like, what's best for the people? <clears throat> No. no. Clearly not. Uh, right, exactly. I mean, you can tell, by the way, Chazal make that story, create that story. Okay, that story really happened, but that's the point, right? The point is that Chazal wants us to see that story. Because that story is supposed to reflect the nature of this attack, the nature of the Machlokas, right? We're going to see it in a few minutes. We're going to see it, actually, we we'll just see it right now for one second, and we'll come back to it. Take a look on source number five. Source number five is a, uh, is a oft-quoted Mishnah in Pirkei Avos related to this story. Right? The Mishnah in Pirkei Avos says, There's a machlokas, a dispute that is with good intentions. It's in wholehearted intentions, just to find the truth, just to do what's right. So that, that and, and you have different opinions, what to do, how to do the right thing. So that machlokas will stay. Right? Because you, you have honest people of integrity trying to figure out what's best. That'll stay. But if it's not with the right intentions, it's not going to last. It's going to fall away. What is that? What's a machlokas? That's Hillel and Shammai. Hillel and Shammai disagreed a lot. The Hillel and Shammai had no skin in the game. Right? They just wanted to know the truth. Each one had a different approach. Right? But at the end of the day, they were, and by the way, what's one of the reasons why we say that we pass on like Hillel against Shammai? Because when Hillel would teach halacha, what would he do? He would first teach the approach of Shammai, and then he would teach his own approach. Right? Like to show that they're both true. 
But I'm just trying to figure out, the, figure out what's, what's, what's truth. But that's his only, only intention. So Machlokas like that, 2,000 years after they both died, we're still talking about Hillel and Shammai, right? Because their intentions were pure. Their intentions were just to do what's right. And what's the machlokas? That's not l'shem shemayim. Zumachlokas korach v'chol adasa. That's the machlokas of Korach and his merry men. What is a question that emanates from this Mishnah? If you're reading the words of the Mishnah, what doesn't seem to make sense? Still talking about the machlokas. Okay. <laughs> good. That's actually a good point. We still talk about korach and korach, right? But there's an it, is is all about symmetry. Pirkei avos is always about symmetry. So what's the, the lack of symmetry in this in this mishnah? The machlokas, the shem shemayim, is hillel against shamai. The machlokas that's not the shem shemayim is korach and, right. <coughs> against two. Against two. Choladoso. <laughs> Against his chavra. Right, that doesn't make sense. It should be karach v'moshe. It doesn't say that. It says karach v'adoso. So what's going on here? So we're going to see as we, as we move along. Right, but, that, but that karach is the epitome of machlogas shalol l'shem shamay. Right? Because karach, at least according to the Medrash at this point, is rabble-rousing. He's not, he's not looking for truth. He's looking to shtach. He's looking to tear apart. He's looking to tear down. He's not looking for some... Right? Value right, that he wants to see on, on behalf of the people. In theory, you could say he does. Right? That's very nice. That's a nice thing to say. Right? We, Hashem says that. Kedoshim to you. He wants all of us to be Kedoshim. So, in a certain sense, there's something very, there's an opportunity for Korach that seems not so bad. But nevertheless, Rashi from the Medrash certainly points out that <coughs> it's very clear that Korach is, is up to no good and really just looking to tear down, not looking to build up. Fine. But I want to show you a machlogus between Ibn Ezra and the Ramban. I know there's a lot of Hebrew here, so don't, I'm, I'm going to read it all out loud. I'll explain it outside also. But, but a machlogus between the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban when this story took place. Okay? And each has a lot of value here in terms of understanding what's happening. And not just for Korach, but for the group who joins him. So take a look at the Ibn Ezra. Ibn Ezra writes like this. Korach. Zeha This happens... When they're still in Sinai, they have not yet traveled to go to Eretz They have not yet had the Chet Hamaraglim, the sin of the spies. They're totally, they're still hanging out in Sinai in the in the shadow of the mountain. Okay, but when it was right after the story where the Bechor were switched out. For the Levim, right? The, the people who were supposed to be in, working in the Mishkan was supposed to be the firstborn in every family would get sent to work in the Mishkan and they would do, they would do the work there. The same thing would be in the base of Mekdash. It would be every family would send their eldest child. However, what happens? After the Chet Egel, the Bechoros are, are, are deemed no longer worthy and the Levim, who are the ones who, got, who don't involve themselves in the Chet Egel, and they, Moshe comes down and says, Mila Hashem Eli, who's with me? You know, to stand up for the honor of Hashem, and the Levim show up. So it's deterred at the side of that point, Levim will stand in for the Bechoros, and they actually have a process where they switch, and, they, and the Levim now take over on behalf of the Bechoros. Presumably, even though it was what Hashem wanted, probably didn't feel very good. And probably created a very awkward, uncomfortable experience, right, amongst, within the nation. 
So it says, Ibn Ezra, you, you better bet it did. So much so, that what happens immediately after the story, Korach gets up. Okay? Why? Because they thought, right, that what did Moshe do? By the way, what tribe happened to be the tribe that gets to take over for the Bukhars? Moshe is Aaron's tribe. It's a little, little inconvenient. Or a little convenient, maybe. A little too convenient, right? doesn't look very good. Even the Bnei Kahas, who were close to Moshe Abenu, right? they thought, well, yeah, but how did Aaron get the, the job? Right? Why, didn't, so why didn't we take, again, one of the other brothers? Why, two of Aaron's sons? That's not right. What about Kahas and Yitzar? So, someone else should, should take the job. It shouldn't be two brothers from the same family, right? So he gets everybody in. It's all in the family now for Moshe Abenu. And they're like, what's going on here? Valavim Kashualov. And the Levim uh, connected with him. Right? Because it was all given over to Aaron and his children. So meaning, so why did the Levim connect to, to, to Korach? Because Aaron was chosen instead of other Levim to be the Kohen Gadol. And then what happens? And what about Dasan Vaviram? Right? The whole story of the of the Bakhor being taken from the Bechor, and given to somebody else, that didn't start in the Midbar. That started with Yaakov Avinu, when he took the Bechor away from Ruvain and gave it to Yosef. And so the tribe of Ruvain is like, wow, this is really like, right? It's, it, it like opens new wounds for the tribe of Ruvain. So it's not surprising. So the reason, according to Ibn Ezra, what's the reason why the Ruvain Chevra get involved? It's not because, or the Russia, or the Shechem, no, because they're hanging out too close to him. It's because they're reminded now of how the, how the Bechor was taken away from them. Gam Korach Bechor Haya. So now the Rebbe Yenezer wants to argue that Korach was a Bechor. And he has proofs why he thinks he was a Bechor. Um, and he says even more than that. Why say Kol Haida Kulam Kedoshim? Vizaremez Lebechorim Shehem Kedoshim. He's really upset about the Bechor. That was really what he was all about here. And that the reason Korach is upset is not just because, it's not because just only that, that you know, Aaron takes over here. But now it's the switch from the Bechor, Bechoros to the, to, to the Levium sets everybody off. And that's why you have a mix of people from Levi and people from Ruvain because they're all, and, and Bechoros. Some, some Rishonim say all the 250 were all Bechoros. They're all Bechoros in their own family. Mm-hmm. And, they're the reason that, and they're the ones who got up. Why, is, why are the Levium, <coughs> I mean, why would Korach, who's a Levi, be upset? I got confused about that. So Korach, so you're right. So according to this, it's harder to argue why, why it's Korach upset. It should be the Bechor upset. Right. So presumably, well, let's play it out, mm-hmm. right? Sociologically, right? What's happening now? Korach, let's assume Rashi's right, but, right, right? Maybe Rashi's correct that Aaron gets chosen and Korach's like, hmm? And then Elitzefan gets chosen and Korach's like, huh, what about me? And he says, wait, wait, I'm not the only one who's getting slighted here. Bechoros, you guys are upset too now, right? Yeah, so let's go. Right? Now he has his opportunity right, to g- gather other people with grievances to join together to fight Moshe. Uh, by the way, to what gain? What's the, what are they going to gain? Anything? No, right? There, there isn't anything to gain. What are they going to gain? What are they going to do? What's going to happen? It's just probably nothing. But he now has the opportunity Right? There's, there's more people who also have grievances who we can all get together and be angry with our 
situation, right? And get it going, right? And that's why it's at that moment, says Ibn Ezra, after the Bechoros get switched out and they all go home like, man, this stinks, right? They forget that Chedim didn't happen yet. But they're already, forget about it. They're upset. They feel bad. And now you have someone coming. You guys are upset, huh? Let's, let's go. Right? I'm upset too. Let's, let's go together. Maybe Korach has it in mind the whole time. The second Aaron gets, gets elected. But you can see it sociologically, how this starts to spread, spreading the negativity and having everyone catch on. But you don't think that lack of reverence and respect for Moshe is so shocking, no? Like, it's not that far off from Yitzhak Mitzrayim to all of a sudden be down here trying to overthrow him, basically. Seems, I know we do this so Jenny time, but it's crazy. says the Ramban exactly what you said. The Ramban says, not enough. Just the Bechoros. Take a look at the Ramban, source number four. Says the Ramban, the Zemi Rabbi Avraham. He goes, that's the, 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 the Rabbi Avraham is Avraham Ibn Ezra, right? He says, that's what the, the, the Ibn Ezra thinks. Bemokomos Rabim en Mukdam umuuchar Batora, right? We, there's a rule, right? There's a rule that some Rishonim hold, which is, the Torah does not go in chronological order. The Torah sometimes switches back and forth. The Ramban does not agree with this. The Ramban, we've seen it in other places, I think, where the Ramban does not agree that the Torah goes out of order. It's some, the Ramban agrees. He says, Kfar Kasafti, I wrote already, Ki aldati kola Torah kaseder. I think that's not true. The whole Torah goes in order. Right? Sometimes the Torah tells you, you know, it was before that something happened. But the Torah doesn't say it, then I don't buy that, says the Ramban. Okay. Rabbi Bolder, Aval Haya Davar Hazeh, Bimidbar Paran, Bikadish Barnea, Achar Maasemaradams. The Ramban says, No, I'll tell you when this happened. You want to know when Korach had his real opportunity? The Bechoros was one thing. His real opportunity showed up at, after the Chemaradam. Right? And he writes, He says, Vanachon Bidrash, Shakaas. Korach on the Sios Al Safan, he was upset about Al Safan, like Rashi says. Vikine Gamba Aaron, he was also upset about Aaron, right? Ubi Kashem Gam Kuna, he says to them, right? You took the Kuna too. Vinim Shechudas and Vavirim, and Das and Vavirim were also upset. Velala Bechora, right? Not Bechora, why? Ki Yaakov Avim, who I share not let me ruin. He goes, what? He goes, what? The Ruvain Chevra is angry. Now this happened to her 200 years ago. What is what's going on here? You remember? I agree. It's, it's like it's. I mean, I shouldn't say, but like it's like it's like when you go to if you ever go to South Carolina where I was for two years, and you talk about what we call the Civil War. What do they call it? Anybody know? What do you call the Civil War in South Carolina? The War of Northern Aggression. Oh. Not everybody calls it that, but if you're a real southerner, that's what you call it, right? It's like, still? So they still there. That's 150 years ago. Right? So I guess some people still hold on to that, right? But for the most part, like, give me a break. Like, they're going to get all upset and they're going to go after Moshe Rabbeinu because something that Yaakov Avinu did? That's a little bit far-fetched, says the Ramban. That's difficult. I keep thinking, how do they even know? I mean, they were slaves. This is, this is their family know? story. Come on. I don't know. Yeah. How many years? I don't know my ancestors' story. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it was a reason you were a slave in Egypt, you'd probably know it. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. So that he says, no. Um, he said, that, that can't be it. Fine. So he, and he says, right? They explained why. Right? We, we read from the second section, right? You took us to die. Right? The complaint is, you didn't take us to Eretz like you said you would. Right? And he says, look what's underlined. They loved Moshe Rabbeinu. 
He says, people didn't hate Moshe Rabbeinu. They loved him. Vishom me love and they listened to him. Vilo haya adam morid on Moshe bismana who in the old days if someone would get up and attack Moshe Rabbeinu, haya am sokalimoso, they would stone him. I, 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 okay. We see Moshe gets attacked a lot. But okay. But in those days, they, you know, before Chayna Maraglim, they, they, they had Moshe's back. Because they all held on to it. They didn't say anything. These things happened to them. They got slighted. And they didn't say anything because Moshe was too strong. They said it's not worth it. These stories with the, with the Slav where lots of people died. and all kinds of hard stuff that happens there. And then the miracle happens. Velo, and check this out. Lo hispalel Moshe alehem. Velo butla hagzera mehem. Moshe didn't die. He, he did daven for them. But maybe they felt, I don't know if he means they, they, they felt he didn't daven for them, but not enough, right? Nilchei de Egel, they got full kapara. Hei de Miraglim, not totally. They didn't die. Hashem did not kill them all. Moshe says, don't do that. But he made a compromise to God. And God says, fine, but I'm not letting these guys in. So they felt Moshe let them down. Where, where you been, Moshe? And the Meraglim died right there, right that day. The Meraglim died. V'nigzark akolam. She she tamu b'midbar v'shami musli. All all the entire nation was just totally going to die. We're all doing this for nothing now. You better bet it's an opportunity now. As haisa nefesh kol ha'am mara. Everybody was depressed. V'hayu omrim belibam ki avola hem b'divrei Moshe takalos. Go after Moshe now. Vaaz Matza Korach Makom Lachlok Amasav. Korach found a place. He found opportunity. Vichashav ki Yishmu He knew now he has his chance. And you know what? He's right. Because if you watch the story, it's not just the 250. The nation kind of stands and doesn't go after them and they want to watch to see what's going to happen. And it's not so clear that the people were so angry at Korach. And that they're like, you know, all, uh, uh, in fact, uh, what happens after they, they all drop in the pit? They come after Moshe and say, you killed, you killed 250 people. <laughs> and so what do you mean? I killed the people. God killed them because they rebelled against me. And they, and they still have to go through another process, right? Where the, Aaron has to put his staff in the, everyone puts their staffs in the Mishkan and Aaron has to take his, right? They're not convinced still. This wasn't just 250 people. This was a representation of the frustration of all the people. And that's okay. What's the one big problem though? It's okay to represent the frustrations of the people. But what did he do? Again, Korach used it as an opportunity. To, the tensions weren't good. Yeah, he took, he took the negative, he took all that tension and he, and he struck a match to it. Right? Rather than trying to help. And he used it as an opportunity. He took the powder keg and he blew it up. And he used that situation in order to find an opportunity for himself. Do we right? think he had any like, good intentions? That it would have worked in his favor? Like, do they think that Hashem suddenly would have said, Okay, okay fine. Get rid of Moshe. Guys. It's fine. I don't know, what do you think? Like, they've just been watching smiting after smiting. Smiting, they... smiting yeah. <laughs> You're a biblical, biblical. Yeah, I agree with you. So, like, the short, smiting and then, and then <laughs> like, all right, now, our turn, let's try it. I, yeah. Like, what, like, what do they, yeah, like, what, what do they think? They're going to, like, got, at the end of the day, who chose Moshe and who chose Aaron? Right. Who made all the decisions? God. 
Right. It's like very obvious. But again, we always say that. Okay. But you know, when you're living there, you don't feel like they, you know, your it's literally hi- hindsight is, you know, whatever. But like, no, but like it's still, we, you get used to it. How do we really get used to it? Look at these people. Right. You have God like standing over you and, and smiting people, right? And they still can't like, get it together to act, to, to act appropriately, right? It's like some people, no, some people's children, right? With their parents tell them all the time, like, if you hit your little brother, you're going to... And what do they do anyways? Boom. And they go to their room. Like, they, don't, so like, they don't care, right? Because like, you, can't, you can't hold it back. So the Malbim takes this whole story and says, I'll tell you pshat in our Mishnah. We saw the mission in source number five, and the Mavim says, What's the pshat? This machlok is a shame, shalola shem shemaim, that's korach va'adaso. Right? It's not korach against Moshe. Why korach va'adaso? So says the Mavim, I'll tell you why. Ulam chazalim dunu shemachlokashi la shem shemaim. There's a machlok, it's a shem shemaim. Kokat mishneit sadeh achokim misachedes be'atma. When you have two groups who are looking for the same thing, they're looking for the truth, but they disagree about how to get there. But their intention is to find what's good and, and, and the right thing for people and how can we help and how can we do something that I have nothing personally to gain. I'm just trying to figure out what's right. So what, so what actually happens when you have people who disagree? You can have people on a committee. You have people and whatever who are trying to like create something, right? But they have different ideas on how to make that happen. So at the end of the day, what do they say? Look, guys, we're all on the same team here. Right? Let's, let's figure it out. So those different ideas are helpful because... You help each other because in the end of the day, you're still unified towards one goal, right? Right? Kulam mit kavdin, the tachlis achas, l'shem shemayim, have one goal together. Ulam machloka she'en l'shem shemayim, when it's not l'shem shemayim, rak mi p'nei avas hakavod ve'avas atzmo. I'm looking up for number one. And everyone's looking out for number one, right? Not that number one. Mind me, right? Looking out for yourself. Az yesh machlokes v'nigud gam b'in ha'anashim. Then even that group doesn't really get along. Right? They're fighting within. They're factions within the group because everyone's looking for themselves, right? They're looking for themselves. Right? We're sitting at the table and we're, on a, we're not on the same team. So we're just going to fight with each other, right? Look at you know, political discord. Look at whatever your example is, right? Everyone's looking out for themselves. Ki, and, and says that, and that was Karach Vadaso. The words bolded. Ki ko echad me eda hara hazos hiskaven kavana acheres mit nagedes lezulaso. Everyone's looking out for something else. How do we know? Because remember, there's 250 people here. They're not going to become coming other, right? Shekine Korach Ratzibikuna Gadola, right? That's what he's upset about, right? That's why he's upset. Right, but but everyone else, look what I, I split it up here. But it's bolded. Amna machlokes dasan vaviram vaom ben pelet haya inan acher shehem hit lonu al shenatlu a bechora meruven. Right, they're upset about about the bechora. Right, everyone has something else that they're angry about. Right, or they're upset vis lonu al shenitna kuna vavodas Hashem l'shevet levi vamalucha vigdima begdegal in Yehuda. Right, everyone's like frazzled and upset about. Some, everyone's got some other grievance. The only reason they're together is because they all feel aggrieved and they want to yell and scream and fight, right? But there's, there's, there's no goal. There's no productive end. So what's going to happen? It falls apart. It doesn't go anywhere, right? And that's exactly what, what, what happens with, you know, Dustin Vaviram. They basically say in emotion like, oh, just don't go near me, right? They're, and they're upset about the miraculum. 
Right? Like, right? Everyone's got their own thing. And they're just upset and angry and frustrated, but they have nowhere to put it. So they all send it Moshe's way, but without any real grievance against them. And when that happens, right? When that happens, so that just leads to chaos. So it's like the, one of the greatest examples in Jewish history that's happened a lot of times is when did Shabtai Tzvi? Shabtai Tzvi. Shabtai Tzvi is in 1648. Shabtai Tzvi declares himself the Mashiach sometime around that time. Um, and it takes a few years for him to like really catch on, but then he really catches on after a few years. Why did he really catch on? What happened also in 1648? Pogroms. Yeah, the Chonitsky massacres take place in Eastern Europe and up, upwards of 100,000 Jews are killed in, in Chmelnitzki is one of the lowest points in Jewish history. It's actually the, the beginning. Uh, Dr. Gil Pearl has been here a couple of times this week. So he taught modern Jewish history in Wayos. I took his class. I took three of his classes, actually. And he, um, and here we go. But he, he talks about that moment, actually, as the beginning of the movement towards Hasidus, eventually. Because there's so much, everyone just feels done. And, and, and Hasidus is all about Everybody has a place. It's not just for the intellectual lead who were in the village and yeshiva, but anybody could connect, right? But the reason that happened, why does Shabbat Tzvi get such a following? He's a faker. Why does everybody follow him? Because they need something to believe. They need something. Right? They're feeling so down. So Shabbat Tzvi is the ultimate opportunist. Takes the opportunity of a people who are downtrodden, and he says, okay, I got, I got your fix. Right? I got your fix. In a different way, he's not... I mean, it did cause machlokas, tremendous machlokas because of him. But, but the, the point being, and I, the reason I like this approach is because if you look at it, we all say, like, Korach wanted to be Kohen Gadol. It's not that simple, Korach wanted to be Kohen Gadol. Yes, maybe that was one of the things that he wanted. But really, Korach was like, so, and, and also, we, someone's like, I don't know how bad is Korach, you can't see how, you know, he doesn't say such nasty things. But if you look at the, at the constellation of events that are happening around the story, it makes a lot of sense. Why this, I love how the way the, the, the Ramban says it. Like, he saw like, Miraglim, boom, now's my chance. And he jumps on it because now he has that opportunity to sort of jump on the negativity and move forward. So we don't have to end it so negative though. Because there is the opposite, right? That's why Korach's forgotten in a certain sense. His machlokas is gone. The machlokas of Korach is gone. Why? There's no cohesiveness in the argument. Good, it's gone for that reason. But how do we know that it is? It is. It has vanished. There's no. There's still machlokas hilal and shamay. Read the Gemara. Still machlokas hilal and So we still read the story of Korach, Korach and Moshe. But does anybody still think that maybe Korach is right and Moshe is wrong? That has vanished, right? Korach's arguments have vanished. No one listens to Korach anymore. That's over. Because when it's the shame shemayim, the things. Because we, what we do know is the things that last are the things that are the shame shemayim, which I think is a really important yisod in like anything that we do and anything that we're trying to accomplish. As individuals, as families, as communities, as you know, that we, we like, we have to know where our where our priorities lie, what our principles are, and what we're trying to or what we're trying to accomplish. What are our goals? And if you know what your goals are, and you know your goals are the same shemayim, so then you can push push forward, and maybe we'll successful, maybe not, but at least you have a chance. If if you don't know what your goals are, and maybe it's just a bunch of people who are frustrated and trying, to, so that's not going to take us anywhere. It's never going to work, right? And I, I think this this story kind of speaks to that. The more we know what our L'Shem Shemayim goals are, the more we know what we're trying to accomplish, the more chances we have of real success. And we do. And that's why we have Baruch Hashem, we have success for 3,500 years as a people because we are L'Shem Shemayim. That's what we are as a people. It's when we get off, you know, get, get, get pushed to the side and sometimes forget who we are. That's when we become Shalom L'Shem Shemayim. That's when we, we're not so for this guy. But Baruch Hashem, we do our best to be L'Shem Shemayim and that's why we have lasted for, uh, for so many years. Okay? Thank you. That's it. All right.